Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Kentucky basketball's a massive loss, I guess you could say, to the Tennessee Volunteers. 76-63 to 63 was the final score. We're going to go over the first half. We're going to talk about the second half and then some final thoughts here to wrap the show up. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms. And I say massive loss, and I know that it's only a 13-point loss for the Wildcats, but I say massive loss because it genuinely felt at different points in the second half like we were getting blown out. In fact, it even It even felt like that in the first half. I mean, I believe the largest lead in the first half was 15. Tennessee extended it to 20, maybe 20 plus at some point. I was, I I kind of just drowned myself in sorrow in the second half. Um, I just kind of stopped really paying attention because it was the same thing over and over. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But first half thoughts here. Tennessee immediately had some uh, trouble guarding Wheeler. Uh, Last time they had trouble guarding Wheeler. Uh, and they had the the similar a uh, similar trouble uh, early in this game, and then Tennessee adjusted. They adjusted very quickly after a hot hot start from the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Coach Cal did uh, something absolutely incredible. He got called for a technical four minutes into the game. I mean, it's better late, or excuse me, it's better early rather than late. But you know, there's never really a good time to get a technical especially whenever your team is trying to start hot and make a little bit of a run. Uh, good job on, on Coach Cal for uh, making that happen uh, early on in this game. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm being smart, but all things considered, it was not what cost Kentucky this game. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like it's not, it was not something worthy of getting teched or getting a tech called on you over. It's, that was just my opinion. Tennessee, uh, very quickly after that, settled in. The pacing was fun to watch back and forth. Tennessee really wanted to push the ball up the floor, and it made Kentucky very uncomfortable. Oscar Shibway had six points and four rebounds before the under-16 timeout, and I thought, I was like, okay, uh, so Tennessee has a little bit of a depth issue in their front court, so it looks like Oscar Shibway, four minutes into this game, is going to have a field day. He's going to have a good day. Six points, four rebounds already. He's going to have a solid outing. He did not. He did not have a solid outing. We're going to actually talk about some of my thoughts on Oscar Shibwe in just a little bit, While even though I think he still probably is National Player of the Year. Um, he's got some issues after seeing what Tennessee did to him, and I've been thinking about this a little bit recently. Uh, both Toppin and Washington actually ended up playing in this game. Washington uh, less than Toppin because Washington re-aggravated an injury in the, the, uh, his knee injury in the second half, but he ended up playing. Toppin had a big impact early in his minutes with four points in less than a minute. Uh, it, it, was, it was really refreshing to see Toppin back out there, very bouncy. It's going to be fun to see him next season uh, with the Wildcats. It got chippy after John Fulkerson ran into the Kentucky bench. Initially, I was like, I love this. I, I, I love the uh, the rivalry between these two teams. I love the emotion that's been poured into it. Uh, and a, an assistant on Kentucky's bench got a tech. Um, the Zakai Ziegler, uh, point guard for the Tennessee Volunteers, he got a technical. I was I was just loving the, the emotion and the rivalry. I really enjoyed it. Tennessee made it very clear, like I mentioned a second ago, that they wanted to push the pace in this game. And again, it made Kentucky very uncomfortable. The Wildcats could not get back in transition, and they couldn't protect the rim. Two things that would haunt them 
this entire game. And honestly, something that I thought was very funny as I was writing notes for this matchup is that something I noted to Eric Kane host of Locked On Vols on yesterday's episode, I said one of the things that's really impressed me about this team is their transition defense. They've learned how to get back in transition, and they've been doing that really well in SEC play. And I cited the Alabama game, said, you know, Kentucky did a really good job of getting back in transition in that game, really limited Alabama's opportunities uh, in, that, in, uh, in the uh, transition game. Simply could not do it against the Volunteers. This was a payback game. This was something that Tennessee really, really wanted. They really wanted to get back uh, at Kentucky in this game. At least it looked like to me. The energy certainly was there for the Volunteers. It was not necessarily there for the Wildcats. And, you know, getting out and, getting out and running requires a little bit of energy. And I'm not saying that Kentucky's uh, uh, lazy or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, Tennessee really wanted this one. And they made it very clear that they wanted to push the pace and they wanted to be physical and, Tennessee just simply implemented their will on, on the Wildcats. It was very clear to me early on in this game that shot selection was going to be important, and boy, howdy was it, uh, in my opinion. Halfway through the first half, I uh, started taking notes on some of Kentucky's really, really dumb shots, and just collectively, I don't want to go over everything. I just want to say here that, you know, we talk about not necessarily the shooting percentages, but the shot selection being what's really important uh, with this Wildcats team. And for me personally, it's what wins you games in the road on the SEC. That's one of my four parameters. We've talked about it so much on this podcast. It's a point of emphasis for me, not just shooting percentages, but shot selection. The shot selection in this game was absolutely horrendous. Even if there were some makes, even if Kentucky knocked down some of the shots that were not necessarily wise decisions, it was still terrible shot selection. You can't have that on a given night against a top 25 team on the road because you start to create habits for yourself. And by the time you get to the NCAA tournament, if you're facing off against a top 25 caliber opponent or a team that just matches up well with you, you can't rush and then panic and start fogging up shots that you normally wouldn't. You have to stay disciplined. You have to stay patient. Kentucky did not do that in the first half, and it was really, really damaging them. It was really damage, damaging them. It was really frustrating to watch because it's just like it's just such a simple adjustment. Just stop doing stupid stuff because you've not been stupid all year. And I'm not just talking about one individual player. I mean, this was everybody. This was everybody that was touching the ball for the Wildcats. Tennessee, on the other hand, was shooting lights out. Kentucky was just making dumb decisions and turning the ball over. At one point, Tennessee had a 17-1 to run in this game. And after that, I'm like, yep, this, uh, this is over. Uh, barring a miracle, Kentucky's not coming back in this game. They weren't shooting well enough. They were turning the ball over again, like I just mentioned. And probably the most condemning stat here of the entire game is that in the first half, Kentucky went 10 minutes and 50 seconds, 57 seconds without a made field goal. 10 minutes and 57 seconds without a made field goal in the first half. This is a team that averages over 81 points a game, and they couldn't put it in the basket for 10 minutes and 57 seconds outside of a few free throws. Um, and I'm not saying that the world is ending here. I'm not. Let, let's, let's not misconstrue things. Kentucky is still a great basketball team. They're still a national title contender. They still aren't 100%. They uh, aren't 100% healthy. But this was just so uncharacteristic. And I guess it's kind of payback in a way because what happened in the Tennessee game was certainly uncharacteristic of the Volunteers defensively. And it's just so weird to see in this game just the complete opposite in a lot of different statistical categories and then just on the court just watching. I mean, 
Kentucky was doing the beating in the first game, and then it was Tennessee uh, throwing the beat down on the Wildcats. And this one, I mean, man, Kentucky just got handled top to bottom from the beginning to the very end of the game. Uh, Tennessee was clearly the better basketball team on the court uh, on uh, that day. Just incredibly sloppy play. Again, turning the ball over, not getting back on defense. Some first-half statistics here. Oscar Shibway, after having six points and four rebounds in the first four minutes, finished the half with eight points and six rebounds uh, with three of six from the floor. Again, just an uncharacteristic day from Oscar Shibway. Uh, had two personal fouls in the first half as well. Um, it was 32-46 to 46 in the first half. Uh, and, and Kentucky really just, in my opinion, didn't really seem like they had a great shot of getting back into the game. The shot selection, the shot percentages, Kentucky was shooting 36% from the floor, 33% from three. Uh, they were getting out-rebounded 14-20. to 20. They only had seven assists uh, to their five turnovers. Uh, Tennessee had 13 assists to their five turnovers. Their backcourt for the Volunteers was just absolutely ballistic this entire game. Zakai Ziegler had four at the half. He finished with, I believe, 14 points. Uh, Santiago Vescovi had 14 points uh, in the first half. Kennedy Chandler had 15 points in the first half. John Fulkerson was a, was a contributor in this game, even though he hasn't really been this entire season for the Volunteers. I mean, just overall, just weird to see uh, Kentucky not really be able to handle things in the first half. We'll talk about the second half and just kind of go over the overall stats here uh, in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they are marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. These things are going to be your new favorite. And Built Bars, including Puffs, have so many different flavors to choose from. You will really enjoy trying them all. They've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. Uh, they've got salted caramel. And for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. And they are all de- delicious. And new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, Built will make it. It will also be delicious and good for you. You can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, you can use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com for 15% off your order. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Daw here with you recapping Kentucky's I want to say massive loss to the Tennessee Volunteers because they were getting throttled in this game uh, before the Vols started to care less at the end. I believe yeah, it was a 13-point win for the Volunteers. Uh, at one point, they led this game by 20. Uh, some more first-half notes here. I almost wrote this down. Almost wrote this down in the first half, and then I wrote it down in the second half. It was clear to me that Ty Ty Washington was not ready to go in this game. It, he was not ready to go in this game. He was not 100%, and he had to sit almost immediately in the second half. Just had an awkward step, uh, uh, re-aggravated his knee injury, and then had to sit for the rest of the contest. Very, very frustrated with himself, so obviously I would be as well. Um, It's it's just the reality of the situation. Coach Cal, I'm not going to dog him and say he shouldn't have played him. Coach Cal just needs to simply evaluate his health moving forward and just really start to consider how much we need him over this stretch of, what, five more games in the regular season? 
How much do we need Ty Ty Washington? How much should we let Davion Mintz be playing? He, and he's playing well. Davion Mintz is playing well. So how much should Ty Ty really play until we get to the SEC tournament, until we get to the NCAA tournament? Because we're going to need him more then than we do right now. We don't want to potentially lose him for the rest of the season for re-aggravating a knee injury that could potentially get worse. That's just my opinion. Uh, if y'all disagree with me, you can you can leave leave a note in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast format, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK if you want to tag me and just give me your thoughts on what's going on. I'd love to hear it. All right, four turnovers for the Wildcats before the under-16, and I just was kind of like, yep, this game's over. And then Kentucky cut it to eight. After the half-court offense settled down, they had some good looks at the rim, uh, knocked down a couple of threes, and then they started freaking out again. It was like, it's very similar to the way the LSU game played out in that there were stretches where Kentucky would calm themselves and they would do the right things on offense and they would run in transition and they would create turnovers and stuff like that. And then the moment LSU started to wake up again, they would start freaking out. They would start making dumb decisions. They would start panicking on defense. They would start overcommitting to things and... It's just uncharacteristic for a team that, again, has not done that all season for the most part. I'm referencing the LSU game, but that's really the only time I can think that it's happened. It's so uncharacteristic for a team that has not done that this season and then also is so mature as opposed to other Kentucky teams that we've seen in the past. I mean, this team is, is such a veteran team compared to what we've seen from the Wildcats in years past. I don't understand why this is, again, a reoccurring issue. I thought it would be a thing at LSU and maybe at Notre Dame, and I didn't really think that we would see it again for the rest of the year. I mean, they didn't even look flustered against Auburn. They looked like they were just trying to go in there and handle business. There was great shot selection against Auburn. Uh, but in guess, this game, there wasn't. Again, it's just really odd uh, to see some of these different things. The officials also tightened up on Kentucky in the second half, and that certainly didn't help. I, at one point, I believe it was a discrepancy of it was six fouls to one, seven fouls to one. I knew Tennessee was in the bonus and um, and only had one foul committed. And this honestly was probably one of the better officiated games in the uh, of the entire season that I've seen, in my opinion. Um, and Kentucky was just simply committing fouls, and the Vols were playing great defense. In my opinion, in the second half, Tennessee played very, very good defense. There's not really anything else I can say. There's not really much else I can say. Tennessee just manhandled Kentucky. They wanted the game more. They played harder. They did everything they needed to do to go out there and win, and they won handily. Kentucky was just simply getting whipped in just about every way imaginable. There's literally no other way to paint paint this game. It was not. It, we're not going to sit here and blame or cry about it. It was not the officiating. It was not. Um, it was not. Uh, it was not home court advantage. It was not anything like that. They just Kentucky just simply got beat. Kentucky didn't shoot the ball well. Kentucky didn't rebound particularly well. They turned the ball over. The Vols went and and played very well in the transition game creating turnovers, getting points off of those turnovers. Shibway didn't have a good game, and this is something I wanted to get to here uh, in, in, this, in this second half. So Oscar Shibway, in my opinion, is probably your candidate, your best candidate to win National Player of the Year. Finished with 13 points in this game, 15 rebounds, was 5 of 15 from the floor, had three personal fouls, a couple of steals, a couple of turnovers, and he had a block late, which I discount. But he finished with 13 points and five rebounds. And honestly, it was one of his worst performances I've seen from him of the season. And part of that has to do with Tennessee's length. So I mentioned earlier how they had some front court issues 
and Euros Plavšić, Plav Plav Plavšić, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. He's a seven footer for uh, Tennessee. Uh, played very well against Oscar Shibwe, and then then also Tennessee brought off uh, brought another player off the bench that has not really seen time much at all uh, this season. Jonas Adu, six uh, eleven. He's a six eleven freshman, a center, and they brought him in to play uh, against Shibwe, and Adu picked up three blocks, had five points, seven rebounds, and assist. Um, it's just Shibwe got manhandled by two players that were bigger than him, that were taller than him, and that were really, really talented. And that concerns me because we've seen at times this season Oscar Shibwe perform well when he's faced taller players, but he's not played well whenever he's had to face taller players that are talented, that know how to play the game and know how to play it well. And it gives me some questions about what this team's ceiling is in March. Because I think they're still a national title contender, but if they go up and match up against a team that is lengthy, that is tall, that is physical, that wants to try and play physical down low, and they've got a couple of guys that can match up well with Oscar Shibley, I'm concerned about what this team is going to do because he is their bread and butter. He's Kentucky's bread and butter. He gets the offensive rebounds. He gets the points. He gets the steals as well now. Um, he's just playing, he's Kentucky's best player. He's one of the best players in the country. If they match up against somebody that has some length, has a little bit of talent, um, it's just, it's just simply a concern of mine. If you disagree with that, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but that's, that, that's just what I think. After seeing him play, uh, against teams like Vanderbilt and against teams like Tennessee now, he didn't play well against Tennessee the first time, did not play well in my opinion in this game. Uh, I have, I have some genuine concerns. What if we play a team like Purdue? in the Elite Eight when, when we're trying to win uh, a division, right? What, what, what if we get stuck in the part of, in like the East region and we have to play Purdue to get to the Final Four? I know Purdue has had some issues in the Big Ten recently, but still, I don't feel confident in winning that game. I don't feel particularly confident in winning that game. And again, after making it close, Tennessee just kind of, Eventually just bled Kentucky dry, just again, doing all the little things right, creating turnovers, knocking down their shots. And again, there's simply not much else here to say uh, about this game. Uh, But we'll we'll dive into the stats here to wrap things up just to see if Kentucky did anything uh, out of my four parameters to potentially win this game. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends at BetOnline. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thank you so much again for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Just going to go over some of the final stats here with you. Then we're going to go over the parameters that I have set around Wildcat wins just to see if Kentucky checked any of the four boxes Uh, that I have laid out. Kentucky finished the game shooting 34.3% from the field. That's abysmal. They shot 31.2% from three. That's not good. 
Uh, they shot 12 of 14 from, from the free throw line, which was nice to see. They actually, even though they were down uh, in rebounding at the uh, at the end of the first half, they actually finished the day plus eight in uh, rebounding margin, 40 rebounds to the Tennessee's 32. Picked up 16 offensive rebounds, only 11 assists to Tennessee's 17 assists, only picked up six steals as opposed to Kentucky's nine. Tennessee had eight blocks in this game. Again, played very, very good defense, uh, and Kentucky only had one. And this is probably probably one of the bigger stats here. Kentucky finished the day with 12 turnovers, and then Tennessee converted those 12 turnovers into 20 points. 20 points. Again, just the, the Wildcats had a really hard time getting back in transition, and Tennessee executed. They just ran up and down the court. Um, let's see. Two technicals on Kentucky. Again, one on Cal, one on the bench. Uh, and, uh, and then the fast break point totals. Uh, relatively easy, even Kentucky had 14 Tennessee had 16 all right the four parameters here did Kentucky shoot the ball well well like I just mentioned Kentucky shot 34.3 percent uh, from the floor Oscar Shibway shot 5 of 15 severe Wheeler uh, 4 of 10 Davion Mintz 4 of 12 so the answer is no a key on Brooks by the way one of six he's in a little bit of a shooting slump the answer is no uh, Kentucky did not shoot well in this game uh, much at all. This may be one of the worst totals of the season, if not the worst. Um, did Kentucky have decent shot selection? Probably some of the worst shot selection I've not seen, not only from a Wildcats team, but from just a team in general. And I'm not saying this is the end of the world. Again, it's just whenever this team gets out of their element and starts to panic, we see some really weird things in terms of just fogging up things early uh, in, in the shot clock that just should not be shot. Just simply should not be shot, in my opinion. Did Kentucky play well in transition? Again, it was one of the things that sparked the the the, the Tennessee offense in this game. Uh, no, Kentucky did not play well in transition uh, much at all. Even the the fast break points. I mean, they had fourteen, but part of that is in, in, inflated from uh, the the garbage time uh, points that Kentucky got late in this game. And then finally, did Kentucky protect the rim? Not even close. Uh, in my opinion, they did not do a good job of protecting the rim at all. And that one block from Oscar Shibway came late on a shot that just didn't really matter. It was garbage time. Um, so no, Kentucky did not do a good job protecting the rim uh, in this game. They also didn't do a good job of protecting the three-point line. Eight of 17 uh, was what the Vol shot from beyond the arc. Finished with uh, finished 47.1%. Shooting from three, Santiago Vescovi finished with 18 points. Kennedy Chandler finished with 17. And then Zakai Ziegler finished with 14. He was one of the guys that we highlighted on yesterday's preview show, said that he was playing very well for the Volunteers coming off the bench, shooting very well. And then you look at his stat line again, 14 points, four assists, was four of eight from the floor, two of four from three, made all four of his free throws, and then had four steals and a block. A five foot nine kid had a block uh, in this game. Uh, to go with that with, uh, as well. Again, just overall, not a very good game for the Kentucky Wildcats. I don't think that this is the end of the world. I just really hope Ty Ty gets healthy uh, in time for the SEC tournament. We've got Alabama uh, on Saturday. That should be a winnable game. At least I hope it is. Alabama does poise some threats. I don't think they're going to go three for 30 from three like they did last time uh, the Wildcats played them. I think this is going to be a much tighter affair, especially if Washington uh, ends up not playing. If you've got any thoughts on this game, Again, you can leave them in the comments below. 
or you can hit me on the socials. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Kentucky. You can actually follow follow us on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Daw underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, again, leave them in the comments below. Hit me on the socials. I want to hear from you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, and God bless.